Hi, I'm Lauren Hunter. And I'm Kate Vlasic. And welcome to Generation BSC, the podcast where we deep dive into the Babysitter's Club book by book and explore how they shaped our generation. Wow, look at that. I think I just found my like 60 second bite. <laughs> there you go. I will never be able to duplicate that. No, probably not. Maybe in like 14 more books. Yeah, don't know where that happened. It'll it come just, back like, around. Came out smooth. When literally, I think the most editing I do in the entire process is editing out my... Uh, 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 uh. Um, so, this is Generation BSC. What are we talking about today, Kate? We are talking about Hello, Mallory. We dun, said dun, goodbye dun. to Stacey. We're saying hello to Mallory this time around. We have um, been somewhat low-key dreading the inclusion of Mallory. <laughs> low-key. I'm pretty okay. sure we've mentioned it every time she's been in one of these books. Um, it, it has been a little bit of running thread. Like, oh, God, we're getting closer to Mallory. <laughs> she's coming. She's coming. Um, <laughs> Impending doom. Spoiler alert. I hated everyone in this book, not just Mallory. So, Spoiler alert. I am continuing my trend of not hating Mallory as much as I remember. But I do hate everyone else, especially okay. Christy. Christy. Yeah, Christy and is. We will get into all of the reasons why, but. Um, oh, for sure. Um, so let's start with our back of the book description. <clears throat> Excuse me. I need to give Mallory her gravitas. <laughs> Because um, she is nothing if not extra, which, you know what, I can relate to, so. It's fair. Mallory Pike has always wanted to be a member of the Babysitter's Club. The babysitters are so much fun to be around and so grown up. Now the club members have invited Mallory to a meeting. This might be her big chance. But the babysitters don't make it easy. First, Claudia makes Mal feel like a baby on her first official babysitting job. Then they give her a written test with questions nobody could answer. Mallory's beginning to think she doesn't want to be part of the Babysitter's Club. Maybe with her new friend, Jessie, she'll start a club of her own. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> it's time to show those babysitters what a couple of new girls can do. Yikes. Um, but accurate. Yeah. The, uh, this was another one that's pretty on the nose. Not overhyping what happens, but not and, skipping major plot points. And also pretty, like, complete. I feel like you right. had one more sentence about... The babysitters learn to stop being assholes and <laughs> let Mallory and Jesse in the end of the book. Like, you don't really need to read this one. Right. You'd save yourself some aggravation. I mean, you do learn about what age kids are when they start teething, according to whatever book the Babysitter's Club read. And not according to, Cl- to Claire's actual timing of biting or cutting her first tooth. Right. Also, what child remembers that? Well, we'll get into the test, but... I was there and, you know, aware and present for both of my two youngest siblings teething. And I have no idea. I I don't know. Was not on my radar. Clearly Mallory remembers. Well, good for Mallory, (laughs) which is basically the theme of this book. Pretty much. So why don't you tell us what really happened, Kate? So the Mallory-specific plot. As noted at the end of Goodbye, Stacey, Goodbye, Mallory has been asked to join the Babysitter's Club. Little did we know in the last book, however, that Mallory is going to have to jump through some hoops before they officially ask her to join. She has to take some tests that took the Babysitter's Club hours to write because they didn't know the answers either, on which she does poorly, and goes on a team babysitting job for the Perkinses with Claudia, which isn't great because Mallory is anxious. Mallory gets annoyed with the expectations and hoops and tells the BSC she quits, even though she's not even a member yet. (laughs) Mallory also finds her first best friend when Jesse moves to Stony Brook into Stacy's recently uh, vacated house. Mallory and Jesse... 
JC, Mallory and Jesse <laughs> decide to form Kids Incorporated, where the, where they babysit together to give parents comfort because of, about their abilities, which leads to the Babysitters Club asking them to join the BSC as junior members. Woohoo! Woohoo! Fancy. So I have to just say off the top of the bat, um, Kids Incorporated. I spent the entire rest of the book oh, yeah. singing the theme song. K I D. Yes, Kids Incorporated. Because um, that was um, the back-to-back block, if I remember correctly, with Babysitter's yes. Club on Disney Channel back in the day. So I thought that was funny. I wonder, I mean, this this was obviously out before the movie, right. but, or not the movie, the TV the show. The TV show. But um, just a funny little yeah. coincidence. And a very, like, niche on niche on niche on niche. Yes. Um, but, you know, go figure. That's literally what this podcast is. So. Exactly. Um, yes. We're, we're owning it. It's um, all good. Okay. So the Babysitter's Club generally in this book. Uh, the BSC is reeling in the wake of Stacy's departure with a major drive to fill her empty shoes, particularly when all four members and both associate members all have to take jobs on the same day. This is what spurs them to ask Mallory and Jesse to join them at the end of the book, particularly after they admit to themselves that they were being a little extra in their tests and expectations of Mallory. A little. <laughs> a little. I, you know. Just a smidge. A tiny bit. Uh, Nikki breaks his finger in a freak volleyball accident. Mrs. Perkins has her baby, a third girl they named Laura Elizabeth. Jesse's family has difficulties joining the community, and there's a lot of pretty frank talk about racism. But Dr. Johansson comes through and is amazing, as we already knew. Mm-hmm. And the Babysitter's Club all confirm that if anyone has problems with Jesse sitting for them, the Babysitter's Club has no interest in babysitting for those families. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. Um, there's oh, a lot with this one. Yes. Um, so and I guess we should preface the whole conversation with yes admitting not admitting but owning. recognizing and owning the fact that we are two white middle class suburban privileged yeah. privileged yeah um so we obviously don't have the same perspective as someone of any color color of any whether or black any Asian, minority group of any it, yeah, yeah we're we're very except in one very small, small way for yes. you. We are very privileged. We don't have any real and even minority my, status. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hardly call my being bi, like, right. a lack of privilege. I mean, the, I understand historically and contextually and blah, blah, right. blah. But I, quite, for me quite a different situation than Jesse's family moving to yes. Sunnybrook. And for me personally to try to claim some kind of persecution right. about my sexual orientation is bananas and absolute bullshit. So I would never do that. Um <laughs> But so we're we would, we're just saying that up front because we do we are obviously going to talk about this book and Jesse's storyline in this is a pretty big part of it, um, particularly with Mallory and her becoming best friends. Um, as we've said many many times, if anyone listening has thoughts they'd like to share, maybe want to come on as a guest and discuss this in more detail or discuss a Jesse book with us, we are so open to that. We would love the opportunity to engage with someone who has a different perspective than us, whether, I guess, even to broaden it again, whether it's about Jesse's experience or any Anybody, experience, yeah. even, even, I, I, I don't even know where I was going to go with that even, but like yeah. a, anyone who wants to talk to us about Babysitter's Club we or hear from you. your experience with them, regardless of where you come at it from or how you come at it, we would love that. So yeah. So just we, reiterating that. We definitely have, um, like a pool of people that we're excited to talk to from our real lives. But I think one of the things that I have 
has been the most exciting for me is being able to open dialogue with yeah. other people. And I now I'm feeling like gagging because I feel like I've heard every podcast ever say that. But it really is oh, it just um, been so nice to get some other perspectives because even our friends, you know, they may have other experiences, but still um, we are still friends. It's not like they're out so outside of our sphere right. of experience. Um so we'd love to widen that base to people, you know, we are still Midwestern. Our right. friends are still Midwestern. Well, that's true. I've got Vegas people that we would love to talk to. But in any case, I just, we do just want to acknowledge that, yes, we will be bringing in other voices and we would love to open the door for your other voices as well. Exactly. Um, so with that giant disclaimer that we will um, inevitably stick our foot in it somewhere, um, let's... Dig into that thorny business first. How do we feel about how they handled race in this book? Um, I mean, I think I appreciate that they included anything along mm-hmm. these lines. I don't have any real recollection of what I felt reading this as a child. I will say my – I feel reading this book in particular, I felt a real similarity with where I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they mention. I think Jesse's the first black girl in the sixth grade. There are now six total in the entire school to six black people. Yeah. Um, that felt very recognizable to me. Same. Um, so I don't know that this necessarily would have given me the knowledge or the thought provoking ideas that I probably should have taken away from it as a, you know, 10 year old, however yeah. old, however year old. Whatever, whatever age I was when I read this book, um, I so that's a long-winded way to say I appreciate that Anna Martin went there, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like they necessarily got input from someone actual who is marginalized groups, right? Someone yeah. who has had this actual experience. And while we have acknowledged that um, Anna Martin herself is queer, that is a very different experience than you know, a 11-year-old girl moving from a an all-black neighborhood where her school was pretty well mixed yeah. to a basically all-white community where the welcome wagon lady doesn't even stop by, let alone any of their neighbors. It it does feel very, like, green book surface level yes, racist. exactly. My, um, which I fully agree with, my, um... I think I had a slight more admiration for it than you did, mm-hmm. stemming from um, the fact that she let the girls address it. And it came from, like, the conversation of it was around the girls. Like, yes, Mrs. Johansson, like, went over and mm-hmm. and invited them. and they got, But they saw that. No one ever sat down with them and was like, an adult was like, let's have a conversation about race. Right. It Which sometimes gets preachy and didactic yeah. in that way. I really appreciated she let it become – it the whole thing be experienced from the girl's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, that just struck me as like, okay, yes, let them deal with it. Don't They don't need some yeah. adult telling them. I think it just felt, I don't, maybe just like a little bit too easy. Oh, it definitely you felt know, too I easy. feel like that's maybe more my issue. And I, but I also don't know like if I, are we right, if I, to? and if I were going to be writing this book, if I were in Anna Martin, she's like, what am I – like, we're not going to have one of the Babysitter's Club girls be like, ooh, I don't – I've never met a black person before. What is – like, some of the shit that Mallory's, like, 
friends, quote unquote, are talking about in at the lunchroom. Yeah. Like there's some like really bad stuff. And so I I can understand why that wouldn't be coming from the Babysitter's Club. But for all of the members of the Babysitter's Club to immediately be like, if anyone has a problem with Jesse, then we're not going to babysit for them. That's way too easy. it, it, It just seemed like it was putting a nice bow on it, which obviously as we've discussed in many of these books, like that's sort of how these books go. Like we can't, we can't hold it to the standard of like, you know, novels that come out now, even for children now, like they approach things in a much different way. This book came out in 1988. Like we can't, we can't judge it from our lens of today. I mean, we can discuss it and we, I guess judge, we can judge it, but we can't hold it to the standards of today. And when it comes up wanting, we get to recognize it. Right. Exactly. Um, recognize the areas that, you know, it was good for its time, but time has moved on and moved right. past. Um, and I, I think that's a really important distinction is being able to, there's a difference between being able to recognize things for the time that they existed in. Right. But still acknowledge that culture has moved past that and it that's okay. The, and it's no longer acceptable. the standard like, and yeah. acceptable. Like, uh, I don't know. There's there's so much nowadays in that, yeah. in, in this culture of... Um, being let down by creators and, yes. uh, you know, um, old, so problematic things, but that still have some cultural cachet and value. Mm-hmm. And like, how much do you throw out with the bathwater? Right. And like, are you a bad person because you still enjoy Gone with the Wind? I, I, I mean, I hope not. That was a very important <laughs> movie for me growing up. Right. But even, uh, even th- back then, I remember my mom having conversations with me about like, yeah, this is not great. Right. Um, and, and being able to even recognize, you know, as a kid, yikes about yeah. some yeah. things. Um, but there's still a lot of great things. I mean, that movie is an epic for a right. reason. Yeah, exactly. Um, just because there are problematic aspects of culture, you can't just get rid of the culture whole cloth. It, I, but I think you do get to, it, 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 at the same time, I can't just say, oh, I love it wholeheartedly, right, unreservedly, right. every part of it. I get to say, I love it, and yeah. here's also some things that are very messy about it and what I learned from that and how it would be different, hopefully, now. And um, I struggle – I think it's easier to, to do that with the historical record. Right. It's harder for me when we bring in the artist question. Like, yes. how much of um, – I was just having this conversation about Kevin Spacey. Like, am I not allowed to enjoy Usual Suspects or Seven anymore? Those are two of my all-time favorite movies right. that, quite frankly, I don't enjoy anymore because that's all I can see. And right. I'm like, well, that's not really fair to, well, Brian Singer. That's a whole other. <laughs> so that's bad. Let's throw. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. We usual can Suspects out. can be gone. Yes. We're, that's just over. <laughs> Somebody just needs to make, um, the twist isn't fresh anymore. Somebody just makes, needs to make a new version to supplant exactly. Usual Suspects so we can just toss it. Although Gabriel Byrne, oof. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Benicio del Toro is really great in that too. It really is. There's so much good stuff, yeah. and that's I struggle. I right. really do, yeah, and I think that it's hard. There is no easy answer to any of that. So I think we can just do what we're doing right now and have these conversations, make those right. acknowledgments, and talk about how we can approach it a little bit differently. Um, and I think that's where I struggle too with this. Is I don't know what I would do differently. It's easy for me to point out to say, yeah, this feels right. pat, it feels trite, it feels like it was written by. A, privileged white woman about what she thought that that experience would be like. But I'm also a privileged white woman. Exactly. So maybe somebody, a person of color is going to come and be like, nope, that's, it wasn't 
massive well, racism every day. It was just those minor micro... Yeah, but I mean, not, that's the thing. It's yeah, like... It's not really a minor microaggression, to be clear. Um, <laughs> right. But I mean, I feel like that would be the difference now. It's like, you wouldn't just write this. Fair. Maybe even if you were writing the book, you would at least get the perspective, get some buy-in, not buy-in, but discussion with someone who's lived something similar to what you want to write about. So you can at least get a first-person perspective Maybe you probably would talk to multiple people who had similar uh, experiences. So you could sort of draw on what they went through so that you could have a more well-rounded story as opposed mm-hmm. to, this is what I assume it's like to be a black family in an all-white suburb. Right. You know, it. I, I, it like it's hard because people weren't having those – like we were saying, you're, yeah. you weren't having those kinds of th- uh, thoughts even in 1988. Like maybe well, we should – we weren't. Well, but I'm just saying like Anna Martin, I'm assuming, yeah. was not like – or anyone at Scholastic was like, hey, here's what we need to do. And if that is incorrect, I feel – if like well, if they did have those conversations. I just meant like I'm sure there were people, people of color on Scholastic staff who was like, hey – me, but nobody was paying attention to them. I mean, I think as a broader culture, we probably won't have those, weren't having those conversations. But I feel like there were communities that were all that the marginalized communities have always been having conversations about how they were represented in media and right. I'm and just saying, Anna Martin, correct, and Scholastic yes. did not talk to anyone about no, no, no. their lived person lived experience. No, and use that for Jesse's stories. <laughs> correct. I just, I meant, I want to be clear that I feel that. I don't know this, but I don't want to say intentionally ignored, but like that was their choice to leave out those voices. Not that those voices didn't exist at the time. Um, I mean, I would guess that there probably weren't that many of those voices inside Scholastic to begin with. Fair. And I also don't think it was, I would also assume it was not an intentional choice to exclude looking for those voices. No one even thought to do it, to even do it in the first place. Which I think might be even a little bit more insidious, right? That, I don't know. That's such a hard... What's worse, willful ignorance or – no, willful ignorance is worse. Yeah. But I don't know. There's a level of privilege where you just get to say, I've got my blinders on and I'm right. ignoring things. We were not there. This is not fair no. to like no. litigate what their thought process was and who was included in the conversation and who wasn't. All we can do is speculate about how things possibly have changed. Right. And I think it has to a degree. I don't – I still don't think we're – I mean, obviously representation is not – where it needs to be. No. Behind the scenes, in in front of the scenes, in the books, in the publishing industry. I mean, the whole implosion um, of the writers, Romance Writers Association. or I, 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 I think I it's Romance Writers of America. America. I knew the A. I couldn't yeah. remember what the A stood for. Um, well, and there's also that, I can't remember what the title of the book is now, but a couple of weeks ago, that book that Oprah oh, picked yeah, for her the... book club about uh, like a um, immigrant family from and Mexico used... and it was written by like a white woman just making it up. Well, she then came out and said she's like one quarter person of color or something. Oh, which, but she okay. doesn't have that lived experience. Again. Exactly. And uh, th- that in of itself was it- its own thing. And then on top of that, the book release party with the barbed wire centerpieces. Right. I mean, come like nobody exactly. went, hey, it's a little tone deaf, you think? Right. Like, but again, I mean, that goes back to what we're talking about from 1988. Now, 30 years later, it's still happening. It's, you know, people are still just, no one even thinks to say, guys, should we do this? Right. I mean, that's a little bit more egregious than making up the stories about Jesse. Yeah. But 
it's not great either way, Jesse or barbed wire centerpieces. Yeah. I mean, all of it is bad. We just, it's almost like America has a problem dealing and talking about race. What? Um, or the world. Like, let's, uh, it's not just an America problem. It's not like fair. all other countries have got it figured out and we're just trailing <laughs> yeah, behind. We're the sole um, issue in the entire world. Um, everybody's got race issues. I don't know if that's fair. I'm sure somebody from some tiny, idyllic little country in Europe is like, we're good. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, I just always feel weird with blanket absolute statements because. True. Yeah. (laughs) um, Inevitably, someone will point out how very wrong I was. (laughs) Um, Fair enough. Um, I do really love, though. I mean, it, it sort of is going back to that, like, oh, the Babysitter's Club all love Jesse and it's perfect. But, like, I love that Mallory's first thought wasn't, like, oh, that's, you know, a new girl. She's black. What Like, yeah. what's her deal? Like, it was, like, there's a new girl here. I need a new – I need a best friend. I've never had a best friend. She's going to be my best friend. I, Which is, like, yeah. like you said, super extra. But, like, the fact that she was just, like, yes, I get a best friend. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> that it wasn't. And, I like, that's – I think that's where I was more impressed with it yeah. than you were in that they – that they made race not an issue for the girls um, to the point where it was a little pat. I think that's why – I think it was, like, the piling on. Like, when Mallory – when it was just Mallory, I was mm-hmm. like, that's pretty cool. Like, that's very, like, not – you know, it wasn't even a consideration. But then by the time we get to the end where they're all like, if – you know, like I said, if if anyone won't let ba- Jesse babysit for them, we're not babysitting for them. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's awesome. But also, like – Come on. Yeah. Like, let's be a, a little realistic. Right. Uh, 12-year-old kids are not practicing solidarity. Like, exactly. They don't understand that concept. Right. Um, but I do buy Mallory's reaction completely because I think part of my privilege was that I was raised by good people mm-hmm. who talked to us about things like that. And I did go to a – my grade school was all white. I mean, to be fair, it was 25 kids. So it wasn't <laughs> like there was a lot of room for diversity right. there. Um, but there wasn't any. I think there were a couple in the school. I can't remember. Um, frankly, it was a long time ago. Right. Um, there was some very minor pop, um, African-American population in my high school, but mm-hmm. I think it was like six. Right. Because, um, again, private school, small population, um, not a public school environment. Um but I did have a – I did do like outside of school activities. It gave me a right. lot of ex- other exposure. So I – and I never – I don't know. I, I just – it never was an issue for me, which mm-hmm. was very much a sign of my privilege um, that I think I didn't even notice it in these books mm-hmm. because it wasn't a factor in as, in my life right. that like I wasn't racist. No one I knew was saying racist right. things. It wasn't like I heard people bad-mouthing right. or experience – like, obviously, the kids in the – let's find some of the things that they're saying in the lunchroom. Because, like, obviously, those aren't coming from the kids. That's coming from somewhere. Right. Kids don't come out hating people. They start parent parroting right. things that they've heard elsewhere, whereas um, – because I, I'd say confidently both of us came from, you know, backgrounds where that wasn't the case. Right. A hundred percent. I would uh, – I was genuinely, I remember encountering racism, like real racism for the first time when I was like a teenager and being like, whoa, that's a thing. I thought that was like something that happened on television Mm -hmm. and not something that happens in the real world. And just saying that out loud makes me sound like such a privileged asshole because I didn't have to think about it. But I mean, it's not like I could do anything about that. All I can do now is do better and be aware and have these conversations. Um, So I, I, 
I liked that. I got that from Mallory and like their family seems like that too. That of mm-hmm. course that would be her first instinct because right. their family seems like borderline hippie the way that yes. they're like, yeah, whatever. As long as the kids get fed and put to bed on time, they can sort of do what they want. <laughs> um, Although I kind of want to know what Mrs. Pike does with all her time. She's a stay at home mom, but yeah. she can't make eight lunches. I mean, I would, I, I would not want to make one. eight lunches either, but like, I mean, at least Mallory and the triplets could make their own lunches. So yeah. it's like you only have to make four lunches. Like, I I don't know what she does with all her time. <laughs> so I really think that this community is way wealthier than we really thought it oh, was yeah. growing up. And I bet that she does a lot like um, – Well, she uh, in one of the books, and, she was on, like, the library board, board or something. Yeah. So And I, I think that's probably it. She's probably one of those very, you know, in, involved in – her causes and mm-hmm. I don't think she's like a stay at home sit at home and bake all day mom right. she's you know out and about community organizer type deal I can see her like putting together food drives and right. that kind of thing that's sort of my headcanon for her because I totally felt that line I know it, I highlighted it. I was like yeah I don't want to write and pack eight lunches a day either I don't want to pack one lunch a day <laughs> that is, that is um, true. basically the cutest thing ever my brother um loves he loves sandwiches so he packed himself a lunch at, at before um he went to bed every night and um since he got married he packs my sister-in-law his wife's lunch with his own Aww. he packs her lunch every day and i think that's like the cutest little love language thing i've ever heard that's pretty adorable especially because he just makes himself a sandwich and now she's pregnant and can't eat deli meat oh, so yeah. he's got to fix her something special <laughs> it's so cute i did like that when when Jesse says the neighbors haven't exactly dropped by yet to introduce himself, we haven't met anybody around here. Mallory said, "Oh, I wasn't sure what to say to that." I thought that was a really good acknowledgement that mm-hmm. she wasn't like, "Huh, that's so weird." Let's go right. say like it was a that would be how I would react. Yeah, I don't I don't know for sure how to respond to that because it's right. some so outside of my experience. Right. Oh. Yeah, it's like I, you can't commiserate because you, would, you wouldn't have had the same experience. And it's not like you're going to apologize because you, – I mean, I, you could say you are you feel sorry that it happened to them. But, yeah, it's like I, I don't know. Like am I – is this supposed to be a conversation? Are you like – do I ask questions? Uh, especially as, as a kid, that's sort of a w- weird place to be in where you're like, I don't know how to handle this. Right. I don't know that I would know how to handle it. Now, yeah. I mean, hopefully, no, it'd probably be like, oh, and then me in my head, like, okay, so what am I supposed right. to do? Right, what do I say next? Um, I don't want to say the wrong thing, and so then I end up babbling and yeah. end up saying the wrong thing. I did love in this book when Dr. Johansson sends Charlotte over with uh, banana bread and says, there's a girl over there, you should be friends with her. Yes. And because it like immediately, I was like, "That's right." Becca and Charlotte become like best friends. Those two, which are my I favorite. love, because Charlotte always—I mean, in the last couple of books, she's been having more like friends. But it's like that was her now, introduction. Now she has like a real best friend, which, and I love it. I do. I love so much the more and more emphasis on the importance of that best friend, mm-hmm. because literally at twelve years old, that was it. That was—I mean, basically from like nine to fourteen. Right. It was, I need a best friend. It wasn't about the boy. It wasn't about school. need a best friend. It was, you were not complete unless you had a best friend. Um, And really, we're sort of um, 
that's one of the unrealistic expectations that media gives us is that like people who've been best friends since they were in diapers and spend every single day mm. together and live next door. And um, I mean, obviously we have very long enduring friendships. I have right. friendships with people that I have been friends with since I was a child, but it's hardly like the, then we live next to each other and have babies at the same time. And right. I, I am aware that that does happen there, but it's far less right. common. TV and movies have led us to believe it happens far more frequently than it actually does. Yeah. I mean, just think of how many how often people on television hang out with each other. I'm like, literally, we've seen each other more in the past six months be doing this podcast because exactly. we have a set reason to do it. Um, even when we would live in the same... like. When we both lived in Lakewood, <laughs> it would sometimes be weeks. And True. we lived a literal block apart. Because um, that's just not how life works. But I, I love that um, I, reading this as a kid, just being like, oh, they found their second half. It exactly. was almost as exciting as like shipping couples on Dawson's mm-hmm. Creek when I got a little older. Like, oh, they're best friends. And like when they would fight, it would be, oh, no. Yeah, and, exactly. Which I always felt bad for Dawn because she never quite – I mean – Marianne was her best friend, but she was never, like, a pair. She was always kind of the bonus. Well, I feel like Marianne sort of had – I mean, they say it. She has two best friends. That's true. So, Um, especially once Dawn and Marianne become stepsisters. That's true. Then it becomes a different thing. Um, I don't know why I have such a, like – Dawn just seemed like such a non-entity in my brain. I know I've mentioned that before, Mm -hmm. that I I sort of slept on her, but – I never disliked her the way that I did Mallory. Yeah. I guess she just didn't really make as much of an impression to me on some of the other girls. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still can't find that s- the stupid lunchroom scene, but just well, know that we'll, it was... we'll post a picture yeah. of the pages. And just know that it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's bad. It's not what you would want to hear anyone say, let alone children talking about the new girl in school. Exactly. Um, uh, okay. So speaking of the other girls... Everyone behaves like assholes in this book, but mostly Christy. But mostly Christy's Christy. the absolute worst. To, I but they're all they're all. Claudia the worst. was really pretty bad too. Claudia was. Claudia was only bad when she was babysitting with Mallory. I don't know. I thought she was pretty condescending in the room too. She was the one who kept like talking because she remember she kept saying divestive system. Oh yeah, and she of was digestive. like, "Don't you know the divestive system?" And I was like, "Okay, Claudia, you don't yeah. even know the word." That's right. I. I sort of glossed over that. Yeah, it was it was really Christy Cla- and Christy Claudia. Christy and Claudia were the worst. Marianne and I mean, obviously Marianne wasn't like ganging up on this. Um, she was just sort of being bowled over by their bigger personalities, right? Um, but it was absolutely Christy was the um, ringleader of the jerkiness. Yes, but Claudia was the condescension queen. Um, so awesome! The two people I identified with most <laughs> are absolute jerks in this. Um. I thought Mallory was really obnoxious too, though. It bothered me more than it bothered you. Uh, I just got really sick of the whole, it's not fair. I hate that attitude. Yeah. Even though but it wasn't. She is 11. She is 11. <laughs> it also wasn't fair. Right. And I don't know why. I think That's it, one of my like, triggers. I think it's because it was, she's narrating it, so we were hearing her thoughts. So it's. It's not like she was saying it's. She only said it's not fair like once. That's true. But like we heard it because Over and over again. She was saying it wasn't fair that Christy did this. It wasn't fair that Claudia did that. Which yeah. like I am certain that I have those thoughts. If you oh. could hear my thoughts at certain times, you would feel the same way about me. Uh, you know what? You're not not even not wrong. You're one hundred percent right. I think like that all the time too. And I think that might be part of it. Is like yeah. I think I'm. I think I struggled with this one so much. 
is because I do identify so strongly with Christy and Claudia that it doesn't feel great to see characters that you over-identify with act like complete assholes, especially in ways that you are aware you could also be an asshole. And then on top of it, Mallory playing the victim card, which is one of my triggers, and again, because I sometimes fall into that mode myself, (laughs) where the whole thing was just like, it was not a fun read for me. Yeah. To be like, I mean, I'm not, it's definitely not one of my favorites. I was like, whatever. But I just loved like Jesse Mallory making, becoming best friends. Like yeah. that was really the only thing I liked about this book. Um, Cause yeah, it, every, everyone's obnoxious. Yeah. It, and as much as I say like Mallory wasn't that bad, like she was still obnoxious. Everyone, everyone was obnoxious. And then her whole like, I'm going to go start my own competing club thing was just like eye roll. Um, I mean, she wants to babysit though. That's, but and then, the babysitters club won't let her like, so then put up flyers to be a babysitter. Don't try to complete compete with their business. I feel like I appreciated that they had that idea because they decided to babysit together to sort of counteract the fact that they're only 11. So I thought that was kind of like a smart well, that was, thing. That was smart. I, I think I, I got stuck on the whole like trying to do a competing club in the exact same way. Um, the whole copycat mm-hmm. situation and, and, you know, getting called out for being a copycat. And to her credit... Mallory did go, uh, it was kind of a copycat. Kinda. It was a copycat. Yeah. Um, which, that always bugged me, too. It goes back to that fairness thing. Like, overinflated sense of justice. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what it was. It just irked me about everybody in this one. Um, like, I had to put it down a couple of times where I was like, y'all are really annoying. And I do get to keep reminding myself, they're 11 years old. They're right. 12 years old. Like, Calm down. Don't expect them to act They're like They're not grown supposed ups. to be mature. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I think I keep going back to, I think the fact that it was so annoying to me is that it was hitting a little close to home. <laughs> That's reasonable. Um, what was, in your opinion, the worst thing that Claudia did to Mallory? That Claudia did? Not Claudia. Sorry, Christy. Just, I feel like... My main problem was just, like, she acted like she knew everything, which is something that she does repeatedly. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think – actually, I know what it was. The thing that frustrated me the most is, like, Mallory has actual experience with younger siblings growing up and being babies and, like, Mm -hmm. being around them much more than any of these girls have ever been around very young children. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Christy in particular, but all of the girls were sort of, like, discounting that knowledge and – I think that was what frustrated me the most because the questions that they were asking on this test were about, you know, when does a baby cut their first tooth? And and Mallory says, well, you know, Claire was seven months old or eight months old. And they're like, oh, well, the, the answer is seven months. You're, I can't believe you're so wrong about that. And like, yeah. what if you had a colicky baby? Well, I'd give them soy formula because that would be better for their stomach. And, yeah. you know, Claudia comes in with like, why would you give a baby soy sauce? And, and Mallory's like, I didn't say soy sauce. I said soy formula Formula, like the fact that they just sort of like glossed over her actual experience because they wanted to prove that they were the better babysitters so i think this goes back to our major theme maturity right what i find so fascinating is uh, as you were talking i was like holy crap and they even like talk about it later mallory or gets upset that that she feels like the baby Mm -hmm. and i think that there is really something there that when like, our girls are worried about seeing 
our girls. Mallory's <laughs> one of our girls now, whether we like it or not. <laughs> the core four, the original four, um, such a theme from the very beginning was not being seen as the baby. Right. And this is often the way when you are insecure about something and you have the ability to have one up in that same area on someone right. else, you lord over that. Like, right. oh, the older kids were, you know, cooler than us, but now we're cooler than right. we're older, the big kids. Right. Tonight. And, like, I feel like there's also the sort of thing where it's, like, if you start something, you don't – it's sort of like – I think it was in the last book when one of the – I think Jordan or Adam, one of the triplets – started the like spy game yes and he didn't have to do anything to get his like credentials because he made it up so it's sort of the same thing here it's like well we started the club so we got to decide that we were ready if we're gonna let you in you need to prove that you have what we are looking for even though like they admit at the end of the book they couldn't answer any of these questions it took them hours to look up right look up topics that would have questions that they could then like pull the answers for so they would never have passed their own test, but because they're already on the inside, they want to be gatekeepers and make sure that Mallory is above and beyond because then then she's worthy of being in the club, even though they just decided we're going to start a babysitting club. Uh, yeah, that's really true. How once you become somewhat official, right. then you start to like second guess things that might have been totally fine right. otherwise. Um, I, you know, I'm like thinking about us getting comfortable with this and like, there are some guests that we tossed around is like, oh, they'd be fun to have on that now we're, we would probably go back and be like, mm, maybe they might not be a good fit right. because they are not up to our standards and like, oh shit, we're doing the same thing. To be very clear, we have never had that conversation. No, but, um, but like that could come up. Very possible. Yeah. Um, I think I was annoyed by the, how much she sassed back, but you were right. I'm reading her inner dialogue. She's not saying this stuff out loud. Um, One of the first ones that I I pointed out, um, it's perfect. It's another example of Claudia being overly condescending as well. Um, When they said they're going to give her the test in two parts, an oral and a written. And yes, Claudia said haughtily, oral means spoken. And then Mallory's response is, I bet you anything in the world, Claudia herself hadn't known the meaning of that word before today. (laughs) And you know what? Sick burn, Mal. Because yeah. you're not wrong. Exactly. Um, but I took that as like she said that to Claudia. Right. I, because I'm reading it, it felt like she was saying that out yeah. loud or I I interpreted that that way, which is not fair. I would absolutely have that thought. I'd be like, mm-hmm, you know what that means. Exactly. But I would never say that to yeah. someone. Because I think that she does. she's actually very deferential to them, the things that she yes. says. And like it takes a lot before she finally blows up at Christine. It's like, this isn't fair. Your test isn't fair. I don't – I shouldn't have to take another test to prove that I – you know, like, it takes a lot for her to react that way, which I think maybe is part of the reason why I feel for Mallory in this because, like, I – as much as I don't want to identify with Mallory, like, that piece of it is, like, I have all the thoughts, but I don't say it until I get – there's a breaking point. And then mm-hmm. it's, like, most people have never seen that breaking point or you've seen it very infrequently because – I was going to say, it, I'm trying to, like – It takes a lot for me to, like – blow up at somebody i can't even remember the last time it happened but like when it happens like stand out yeah it's like you you have to push me very far for that to happen and then like everything that i've been thinking you're gonna get it then because i'm i'm not perfect like i have thoughts about people being shitty to me and i 
Yes, how dare you? Right. I mean, be like, offended. It, it is what it or is. That, but like that, other people sometimes just annoy you. Like you're right. allowed to. And I feel like every time, uh, every time we've ever fought in our relationship, it's me being like, "You're allowed to tell me I'm annoying," and then you're like, "Fine, you're annoying," and then <laughs> and then we move on. Exactly. I basically think that has summed up every single one of our fights. Accurate. I think there've been like three. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's been it every time where I've just been like too much and you needed a break and i'm like just tell me you need a break and you're like fine i need a break break okay the end okay and Um, we're good and then it lasts like two days and then you're like fine i'm over it what's up (laughs) (laughs) let's hang out but yeah i i i think you're exactly right that it is i'm not being fair to her because this is happening in her head and she's allowed to think and feel however she wants to a thing she is behaving in appropriate ways um I'll I'll take it. Um, I'm wrong. I'll own it. I will say along those lines. I'm sure my mom is listening and I'm like, I just heard my daughter admit she was wrong. <gasps> what? In re- recorded and perpetuity. <laughs> it's going out there. It's going to be in public forever. Oh boy, how much of a Christie am I? <laughs> <laughs> you're concerned about admitting for the future. Yeah. No, just that it that took me that much to like. To like I, I'm, I'm wrong. wrong. I'm, I admit when I'm wrong. Never happens, but I admit it. Well, because I'm never wrong, Exactly. That's what I meant by that. Um, I was just going to say, since we're talking about being in Mallory's head, her descriptions of the babysitters. Yes. It was very, they were very, very descriptive, but they were very surface level, which is because she doesn't know know them them as her friends yet, which I thought was kind of cool because we've sort of touched on that as we've been reading through the books and seeing different girls' perspectives, how they describe, you know, particularly like their best friend, you know, like Claudia describes Stacy much differently than she describes Christy right. because she's so much closer with Stacy. And here Mallory doesn't have those connections yet. So it's very much like she's a good babysitter. She likes art, you know, like Yeah, I liked when she would babysit me cuz she was fun. Exactly. Like, okay, cuz that's all you know. Right, about exactly. Them. So she she doesn't know them yet. She will, obviously, but I think it would be interesting, like, somewhere down the line if we, like, pick a character and, like, look at all of her descriptions over, you know, that from her first really book cool. to, like, her totally last book or something. Well, as we're recording or as we're editing, we'll we'll take a note of that because I yeah. think as we, like, get to the end, maybe, like, look at, like, first and last books from each of the girls and how they describe each other. That would be cool. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, it would be fun to see how those sort of evolve yeah. and, and, and develop. Um I do, I did really identify with Mallory in the whole, like, her awe of being in Claudia's bedroom and, like, being invited in. It took me back so hardcore. Um, I think I've mentioned before, I had a next-door neighbor, Kelly, who was a couple years older than me, Mm -hmm. that used to babysit. Yeah. And she was very indulgent of me, like, following her around. Um, And Stephanie crossed the street, same way. And I have vivid, vivid memories of both of their bedrooms because I was like, I'm allowed in this inner right. sanctum. I can't believe this. I, I need to take in everything as much as humanly right. possible. Yeah, because who knows when it'll happen again. Yeah. They are allowing me to be here. And I really, ooh, I felt that moment. Um, I really do. The more I think about it, the more I think it's going to be really interesting to have Marianne and Jesse here as another perspective on that maturity who are at a slightly different mm-hmm. level. Like... To this point, we've just had our girls who are all on the same, roughly the same level. Same age, same grade. Um, You know, some variation in terms of what's important. And like we talked about the boys versus Marianne's level of maturity in certain ways. Christy is mature in other ways. Right. And what they interpret for themselves as being mature, even though arguably they might be 
choosing the wrong thing to measure themselves against. But Mallory doesn't see them as babyish in the slightest. Right. She sees them as the cool older girls and she and Jesse right. are the babies. Um, so that's going to be a really kind of fun thing to see that play out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I, I feel like there we thought there was going to be so much to dig into in this one. And really it was kind of race. Yeah. And me being annoyed at everybody. <laughs> I do have a couple of miscellaneous thoughts. Yeah, I do too. So hit me with your first one. Um, Mallory's not a redhead. She mentions in the first... No, she says all of her siblings have brown hair. I read it as... I thought it was... And I read it like three times because I kept being like, am I reading this right? I read it as everyone in my family has dark red hair or dark brown hair. I, I, I would have to read it again. I read that and maybe it's because I was projecting because I know she has curly red hair. In the book or that, in the movie, TV show. Well, even on the cover of the book. Oh, gotcha. I don't have the copy down here. And well, and she definitely, when they go to California. She says us. Every single one of us pikes, even my parents, has dark brown hair. Mom calls it chestnut brown to make it seem less ordinary and blue eyes. What? Right? My mind is like. I read. But I, on the. I, the, the cover <laughs> of the book, she has curly red hair like Katie Schnitzer. That's why I always thought she's redhead in the movie, she's a redhead in the show. I, I would have I would have sworn on my life that Mallory. I wonder had curly if that gets changed. Because I, I was just be. about to say in California Girls, California Adventure. I knew she lightened her hair, but she says something about like dying over her red hair or something. I didn't remember. I don't remember red. I remember she tried to lighten her hair and it turned kind of orange. But that could be possible for brown hair too. If you I'm like bleach, so. I just, I, I, uncomfortable right now. <laughs> like my entire worldview of Mallory Pike is just rocked. She definitely, she, she has red hair. I know she says it here, but like it's gonna, there, be, we'll keep it will be retconned. She has curly red hair. I, I will refuse to believe that everything I know about her hair is <laughs> wrong. wrong. Um, it really, I read it. The sentence I told you, like I highlighted, I read it like four times because I, it's yeah. I just, page. I clearly just like yeah. inserted. All the rest of my family has brown hair. I'm the the weirdo. Well, or, well, no, that would have been yours was the older one, mine's the newer one. If it would have been updated, it would have been in mine, not right. yours. Um, it, but it literally, it blew. I went, wait, what? And then back, and I was like, no, it says all of us. And I was like, that is n- no, that's wrong. No, she has curly red hair on the front of the book. Agreed. Agreed. I agreed. Oh, I. Preaching to the choir, lady. Okay. Well, this is going to stick in my brain. So the next time when she is described as having orange, orange like, reddish hair, yeah. I'm going to be like, see? Although, I, I do not doubt you. it could be because she's describing herself, she doesn't want to acknowledge her curly red hair. Like Katie said, she didn't like her curly red hair. Fair. Although, I go to Anne of Green Gables where she would like claim Auburn, but chestnut brown is a little bit... Of an extreme leap to be like, that's not just like, I have kind of red hair. But she says her mom says it. So she, maybe she lumps herself in with the rest of her siblings. Well, she describes it as dark brown hair. Mom calls it chestnut to make it sound more interesting. I, 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 don't I know. Even, I can't. I, I, I want to work with you, but I feel very responsible for not letting you feed into your delusion at this point. 
I fully that, acknowledge. You can, you can say that you're going to stop me from feeding into my delusion. <laughs> I am fully admitting right now. I Not believe that she has curly red hair. Mandala effect, full force. <laughs> um, or, and, one of, could very well be that she's described that way later. I have zero recollection of the description in the book. When I picture her, I just picture the cover or the, the, the TV show or the movie, right. which is all red. All curly red hair. So I... um. I feel like it has to be changed because there's no way... Well, she definitely talks about the curly. I'm the only one with curly hair. I'm also the only one with freckles. Um, and Nikki, Vanessa, and I wear glasses. So, like, that, those are the di- differentiators. Um, like I said, I am completely open to the um, notion that it, maybe it does get retconned yeah. later. Um, but I'm also fully acknowledging for myself, I don't know about you, but for myself, that... I don't really remember. I, that's just how I pictured her. Um, yeah, I could. I I would say I think that she does describe her hair as red in California Adventure, California Girls, girls whatever it's whatever called. That one. California Dreamin', maybe? I think it's California Girls. Um, Yeah, it is. With an exclamation point. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of the super specials are exclamation points. They do. Um, but some of like them half. Do. I don't know. But I feel like in that one, because that is one of the ones I've read the most, I feel like I remember her talking about dyeing her red hair blonde while they're in California. Gotcha. I could be wrong. I could just be remembering because the book covers all had orange yep. reddish hair and the movie and the and TV I shows. And I certainly don't. I, I remember blonde. And I remember, like, weirdly, I remember that one better than some of the other, most of the other ones. But really what I remember is blonde hair and spending all the money. That's yes. all I remember. So much money. Um, didn't they win the lottery or something? They Isn't that did how? They win the lottery. These girls, this is crazy. This is These books are wilder than I remember them oh, being. Yeah. Um, there's oh, yeah. so much crazy stuff that happens. Um, so speaking of the book's cover, on the cover of this book, I wish I had brought it downstairs because I should could have shown you Mallory and this. Claudia is taking – so the picture on the front is um, when Mallory is babysitting for the Parkinson's. They have a pajama party, and the, the girls are giving Mallory new hairstyles. So that's what's on – they're sitting on the couch, and it's Claudia – Okay, yeah. so Claudia is behind them taking notes. She's taking hands with her left ha- – taking notes with her left hand. Ooh, interesting. But she's also wearing her watch on her left wrist, which – Everyone I know that's left-handed that wears a watch wears their watch on their right wrist because yeah. they write with their left hand. Do we know is she left-handed? I don't recall that ever being mentioned. I don't recall, though that would make sense. I mean, in terms of like, I always think of artists and being left-handed. <laughs> I, have, I have some very weird things that I believed from when the time I was a kid that mm. just sort of like yeah. stick in there. And somewhere I read something about like, I think it was back when my teeny bopper days reading like Teen Beat and yeah. it seemed like a lot of them had – were left-handed. Oh, okay. Mm, you know what? That's a blatant lie. I know exactly what it was. Not a lie so much as a misremembering, but I know exactly what it was. I wanted to be different. I wanted to be different in everything and everybody was right-handed, so I wanted to be left-handed because that would have made me different. Um, I had a real thing about being unique back in the day. Just like everybody else. Exactly. <laughs> Um, just, that's the same reason every girl in my class changed the spelling of her name at one point. Oh, I did it multiple times. Yeah. Um, gotta be different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking, she does, in, in the cover, she does look, it looks auburn to me. I mean, granted, this is a tiny little, like, thumbnail, but. It's more orange in my book. Okay. 
on the um, we'll have to post a comparison. Yeah, because on the on the online or the ebook version, there's definitely red tinges, but mm-hmm. it's not Katie Schneller bright yeah. red or orangish red hair. Um, Katie's not really orangish, but um, we were talking about orange for Mallory. Yeah. I just feel the need to. I know because yes. I know no, I'm going to yeah. get a text Katie from Katie Schneller. Like, will be like, my I hair can't is believe not orange. I can't believe you said my hair was orange. Katie <laughs> Schneller's hair is not, not orange. orange. Mallory's we thought was yes. Um, in any case, but so, curly like Katie's, but definitely curly like Katie's. And even in the book, the curly is, or even on the book cover, the curly is way less yeah. than I was remembering it too. I think what I'm really remembering is the girl from the TV show. It's possible. In any case. Um, Mallory does have a couple of really good lines. Um, being 11 is a real trial. I had that one highlighted to mention as well. I also really loved, towards the end, um, when Jesse and Mallory sort of solidify their baby, their best friendness after they form their own babysitter's club. Maybe we didn't belong with some people, but we belonged with each other. I was yeah, like, that's, that's so cute. I love it. Um, some of her, we get the first glimpse of some of her... Um, Stories. I I always forget that she wants to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I had written a story about a frog in a rainstorm called Rainy Days and a Froggy Nights. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please, 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 someone write this fanfic. I need to know what this story is. I hope it's out there already. I oh think we god. should find it. Rainy or Days and write it Froggy ourselves. Nights. Oh my god. What? Like a frog in a rainstorm. What is ha- What? Is- I don't know. Yeah. Um. You're not really a big Bob's Burgers person, are you? No. Because um, some of the stuff has given me very Tina Belcher vibes. She like the horse girl stuff, mm-hmm. the like writing stories, the um, obsession with um, having a best friend. Like Tina writes erotic friend fiction. Oh boy, that's like just her about her, you know, making friends. <laughs> um, and. I, I literally, just as we're talking about this now, I'm like, huh, that's a very... I'd forgotten about the, the horse girl thing, too. Yeah. I had forgotten... I remembered that Mallory was a horse girl. I had forgotten that Jessie is also, also a horse girl. girl. Um, part were of, you a horse girl? I was not a horse girl. I read, like, Misty of Chincoteague. I think we talked about this with Katie mm-hmm. Schneller. And I... That was about the extent of it. I had a friend who had an actual horse, and she was a horse girl. Her entire bedroom was just, like... Full of horse shit. Not actual horse, horse shit. shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got what you meant. Things that are horsey. Horse, yes. Horse related paraphernalia. Yes. Um, I was kind of a weird horse girl in that I was very much a horse girl. So weird. I've never said the words. A horse girl is getting up there with Taz Tuckin. It's like. <laughs> no. 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 I had to never, do it. I had to never going to be as bad. I had I'm to do it. Going to die. Never um, say that I, again. Um. I'm just going to, like, <laughs> on, on your deathbed, I'm just going to, like, bend down and whisper in your ear, Taz, tuck in. It's somehow even worse when you whisper <laughs> it. Um, so anyway, you were anyway, a horse girl. I was, I was a minor <laughs> horse girl in that I didn't, I really didn't read the books. Like, I didn't read the ones we were talking about, yeah. Katie. I didn't read those. I didn't read the ones that I was trying to remember the names of. I didn't, I think I read Black Beauty, but I, like, wasn't really into those movies. Yeah. However... I loved actual horses. Like, I went to horse camp and I rode whenever I could. I was not good. I mean, it was not like I was jumping or um, the kind of, like, upper class version of yeah equestrianism. Right. I, like, went to Girl Scout camp. Yeah. And we brushed the horses and then rode them in the afternoon in a pen. Like, yeah. Um, 
and, but like when we would go on family vacations to Yellowstone or mm-hmm. national parks, cause we did educational vacations, um, which reasonable, I don't mean that. I did not mean that as a slight. I loved that. I'm not a huge, like just lay on the beach person. Um, we had very active vacations, but anyway, I would always, everywhere we went, I would go look, where's the horse trail? And I would like sign up for that. Mm-hmm. So that, in that way, I was very much about it, but I Got didn't it. have like pictures or maybe I did have a necklace, I think. Cause I, mm, I think it was that same series of books that I was talking about with the ballerina shoe necklaces. Mm-hmm. There were like a series of books that all had like a theme and it looked, they looked like charm bracelet charms, yeah. but on a necklace. And I think there was one with a horse maybe. I, I will that take was, your word for it. Um, but I had forgotten how much that was a thing for girls around that age. What do you think that is? Because almost every girl I knew went through some kind of, I don't, like it didn't mean a massive one, but yeah. liked horses at, at that age. I, I, I don't know. I maybe girls like because like horses, I guess you could say like it seems like fancy. That makes sense. It like feels... it, it feels like something a sophisticated girl would do, or they they're big in like fairy tales, like right. Charming's on that's horseback. True. That's very sort of a romantic notion. The yeah, being on horseback thing. Um, I think there there's something there. Yeah. I just don't. I I've never really thought about yeah. it, but feels like every little girl goes through some kind of a horse phase. Um, some more than others, but... Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder what that... I'm sure there actually is, like, sociological research I was just going to say, I'm sure <laughs> there is probably some, like, psychological paper. It's probably, like, Freudian, and I don't want to... Like, it's... Oh, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Like, I don't want to dig into that. Uh, any other stray thoughts? Because i got a few little things in here. Um, I don't think so. Um... It was so simple, but I I really liked um, until they start talking when Mallory's like describing Jesse and like talking about, oh, there's this new girl. She's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's got these long legs. She says more than that. I didn't mean to focus on just those <laughs> things. I am not saying, although there is a one comment when she's like, those long legs. I knew she had to be a dancer. I'm like, mm-hmm. scoping those legs. Anyway, um, she kept calling her Jessica. Which I was jarring when I was reading mm-hmm. it. I was like, Je- her name is Jessie. And I was like, but she doesn't know that right. yet. And that's such a simple, like, small right. thing. She's only ever heard her called, this is a new student, Jessica. Um, but those are like those little markers of these books are more well-written than I really mm-hmm. thought about as a as a kid. Yeah. You know? I also, I, and I'm not sure, maybe they used the nickname for Mallory in prior books, like... But I think when she and Jesse introduce, she's like, "Oh, you can call me Mal." Like, yeah. is that actually a nickname, or did you just like want want to have like a special nickname for your best friend? Um, also, I was very into the idea of having a nickname at that age. Oh and yeah, my name doesn't lend itself particularly well to nicknames. Um, although my mother has never called me my name unless I'm in trouble um, or something serious has happened. Um, <laughs> but like in. It's not like the kids on the playground were shortening Lauren to anything. Right. I did, in high school, um, was Ren for a little while because there were a couple of Laurens. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't like, it was like in that weird circle where we would meet those other people outside yeah. of that context that didn't really catch on. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, Kate is 
It's already, already a nickname. nickname. Yeah. I did have, I think it was when I was in middle school, it was like eighth grade, which is when the um, O.J. Simpson trial was going Kato. on. I got called Cato, but it was like in an affectionate way. Like no one had ever thought to call me that before, but yeah. like, like it was my friends. It wasn't like people like making fun of me well, with we that. Didn't, at the age we were when that was happening, we didn't really understand who Cato was. We right. just knew. Yeah, exactly. That- it was just like, oh, that's a fun like play yeah. on Kate's name, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a thing. Yeah. And it wasn't like, it was like, oh, you know, Cato, blah, blah, blah. Like it was just like, oh, Cato, whatever. It is so crazy to me that that is a person that we still just like know their name yeah in the world that that is just a random person that got dragged into this like craziness yeah um that's so weird that very weird i mean it's got to be surreal for him too that they're just i mean here we are how many ever many years later just randomly referencing him in a podcast about something completely unrelated exactly uh that's that's wild um any other last thoughts oh I found the um, cafeteria. Um, so Mallory has already decided she needs a best friend, and she looks around the cafeteria. Everybody's paired off, so she's like, well, just because I'm a girl. Um, so I sat down next to Rachel. They put their heads together whispering. Rachel said, can you believe the new girl? She sounded aghast. Who, Jessica Ramsey, I replied. What do you mean, who? Of course I mean Jessica Ramsey. Who else? I shrugged. What about her? What about her? Called Sally, this girl I've never really liked. Are you blind? She's black. I nearly choked. So? Well, she doesn't, you know, belong here. Where? I challenged them. She doesn't belong where? Sally shrugged uncomfortably. Oh, I don't know. And then they, like, she gets them to try to move on. Although um, somebody said, where do you think Jessica moved from? Africa? For some reason, the other girls thought that was hysterical. I bet her real name is Mo Babwi or something, added Sally. I wanted to get up and move, but I didn't. Anyway, the girl lost interest in Jessica. They started talking about TV shows and rock stars. These girls so, are assholes. Awful. Their parents are assholes. Their parents are assholes. Um, I did appreciate that in the little kid way of being like, oh, well, they moved on. Right. Uh, they started talking about rock stars because, uh, yes, it is clearly her- terrible. But as we were saying, they're parroting something that right. they that they heard. This is not. Now, do I believe that that's eventually going to turn into some real hateful action? Probably. Right. Um, but, oofed. It's, that was one of the other things I appreciated about it, too, is that they did go there. Yes, it wasn't any of our girls. Right. But, like, there were it still girls yeah. making shitty comments. Um, and uh, having Mallory, I, th- I felt very like Mallory in that moment, too, that at that age, I would have been genuinely shocked. Mm-hmm. That people actually thought that way. Right. Again, thought that was something out of movies or TV. Um, And then not being really sure how to proceed. Like, Mm -hmm. wanting to say something, but not really being sure what to say. And then wanting to move, but then that becomes, like, am I being dramatic? And and then if the conversation moved on, just being, like, relieved that it moved and I don't have to address this. Um, Which I feel like... In all of the things that have changed, that's probably changed the most. Mm -hmm. I feel like kids today are far more likely to speak up and say, hey, not okay, than than we were back then. And I think part of it was because we just didn't have the the words for it, the dialogue for it. Um, Well, yeah, because, like, if you were Mallory – yeah. Where would she have even – like, she wouldn't even know what to say, what to call this necessarily because – she has had such a very specific life experience and it's not like 
TV and the internet and movies, you know, the internet didn't really exist for, you know, the regular people. So it's not like she would have had exposure to even really know where to begin. Exactly. So I thought that was realistic and and Mm -hmm. good that they, that she really early on has to confront that it's not just the adults that are terrible people. Kids can be awful too. Right. Um, but yeah, that was, that was pretty much it for me. Um, okay. So any final club business? Actually, before we move on to club business, we do want to do our predictions for next week. Oh, right. Um, or next, well, it is next week for us, but, um, for our next episode, uh, next up is book number 16, Little Miss Stony Brook, dot, dot, dot. Book number 15. Oh, Yes. It's book number 15. It's six, our 16th overall, including the super special. Right. Um, yes. So, Little Miss Stony Brook, dot, 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 and Dawn. Um, I want to say I remember this, but I think I just remember the cover. Mm. I do remember it. Okay. So then I'll go first. Um, I think Dawn is, well, Dawn's not very, like, into fashion or anything. So I think she is probably going to babysit someone who is into pageants who it could be a new character but this feels very jenny prezioso to me um and dawn having some like butt up against like ooh pageant culture is kind of icky um but again i don't know if that's colored by we live in a post honey boo boo era (laughs) um or toddlers and tiaras whatever that show was but i'm feeling like we're gonna get some toddlers and tiaras action in here that's what I got. So here's what I remember. Okay. There's a child beauty pageant in town. Um, each of the Babysitter's Club members helps one of the girls that they sit for, not <gasps> oh, just Dawn. Right. And, and they, they get super obnoxious and competitive. <sighs> By the end, everyone resolves it. Um, I'm pretty sure the participants include Jenny Prezioso, Claire and Margot, Susie Barrett, and Charlotte Johansson. And I also have some vague recollection of one of the boys participating, maybe Jamie Newton or Nikki. I think it's Jamie. I think it, right. The minute you, I'm having that thing where as soon as you say yeah. stuff, it's like starting to come back. But yeah, I think Jamie was in it. Um, and because I think I was envisioning some like fancy pageant and this is very much like it's like a local yeah just Sony Brook like community I, center kind of thing yeah I think yeah. it's like the library put it on or like yeah it's the not the community center put it on yeah, it wasn't like an actual pageant circuit right um, yeah so basically my prediction was way off but now I do kind of remember I, I do remember Christy in particular getting way competitive yeah. about um, her kid was gonna win yeah I think it's like Christy and Dawn get the most competitive like, Dawn initially doesn't care, and then she gets, like, super into it. I wonder if, speaking of Dawn feeling out best friend thing, I wonder if this becomes one of those books where they dive into the dynamics of having multiple best friends and how that sometimes would pit Christy and Dawn against each other. Ooh. I'm going to make a prediction. This is where um, Mr. Spear and um, Dawn's mom rekindle. Trip. Gets the boot. She's no longer dating around. She's no longer dating. She's ready to get serious. <laughs> Exclusive with Ex- Mr. Spear. With Mr. Spear. Um, and I think that that might cause some of the friction. Ah. Uh, okay. I am. There is literally no recollection of that in my brain. <laughs> but maybe. Pure speculation. I also am wondering, now that Claudia doesn't have, I mean, she still has Stacey in her life. Like, I wonder if, like, she and Don are going to get closer. Oh, that's interesting. I feel like... That might happen. I do know, and this is from the super special uh, 
the one island adventure, mm-hmm. they Claudia and Don get really into like sailing and like doing that together and like oh competing. I remember that but I don't know if that's like because they become closer because I don't think Stacy's around for that one so it might be or if that they're like up. doing it like a friend thing like oh hey we both like this let's hang out more um I don't know I um, I feel like Stacy is back by that point. she is yeah because the book before it in chronological order or release order. Is Stacy and the Mystery of Stony Brook, and then the next one is Babysitter's Island of Adventure. Okay. Or Island of Adventure. Not Island of Adventure. Adventure. <laughs> that would be Universal Studios. Um, but the um, Island Adventure, which, yeah. interestingly, does not have an exclamation point. You would think Adventure. I don't think any of the Adventure ones do. Don't know. I don't know. We'll address um, it as it comes. Okay. Beware Dawn, the first mystery, has... Um, which stars my boy Eddie, who starts messing with Dawn. I know. We'll be can't back wait, to it. Can't Don't wait worry. Till we get to Eddie. <laughs> um, okay. We've okay. still got a ways to go to get yeah, there. Yeah, that's that's a ways off. So now, any final club business? Um, other than where to find us, I think we are really done this time. Okay. Well, everyone out there, you can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Generation BSC, and you can email us at generationbsc at gmail.com. And with that, I'm Kate Vlasic. And I'm Lauren Hunter. And this episode of Generation BSC is now adjourned. Say hello to your